And welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. This is Ted, and Austin will be with us momentarily. Uh, watched about mm, three minutes, four minutes, five minutes of the debate, just long enough to hear Biden tell the president to shut up, the president to hurl insults, and basically the most ridiculous debate I've ever heard as an American citizen totally humiliating. I feel so bad for the American population having to see this and experience this and to see these two clowns representing the best we have to offer as far as the United States of America. Uh, Biden was basically drugged up on something last night. He was pretty mentally acute. Nobody wants to talk about that. He refused to take a blood test. He was probably wearing an earpiece and being told what to say and being prompted. And it was actually quite sad. Some of the responses this morning in the mainstream media saying the dispiriting first face-off of insult to America, chaos reigns in hell debate, bad plan by Trump. I wouldn't be surprised if this was the last one. Instant insult to circus workers, say circus workers. Undecided voters describe the president as a crackhead, arrogant, ready to rumble. Trump tells proud boys to stand back and stand by, ruin the biggest layup in history. Baffling debate strategy was to tweet out loud for 90 minutes, assassinating the presidency, and it goes on and on and on. And it's really sad because, you know, we had been thinking that this was going to be a really good debate, there'd be a clear-cut winner, and there was not. All it showed was two aging men who basically were way past the primes of their life that were trying their best to be stupid. That's about the best I can say, Austin. I mean, it was it was the most insulting thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And quite frankly, even discussing it today is nauseating to me because of these clowns. Trump has overseen a country now that he has locked down. He has destroyed hundreds of thousands of American companies and jobs, allowing the main street companies like Amazon to have access to virtually free money to take the market share away from all of the smaller companies and all the family-owned businesses. He has been single-handedly, you know, probably at this point, one of the worst presidents we've ever had in the United States because of what he's done to the American people via the economy. Biden, hardcore communist that he is, criminal family that he has with his wretched son, uh, basically totally incompetent, totally senile. They don't have it hooked up on meth or Adderall or whatever he was on last night. I mean, cussing, screaming, yelling, calling troops stupid bastards, quote-unquote Joe Biden. I mean, this is unbelievable. This is the best that we have, the two top people who are vying for the one of the most powerful positions of the world, we think, because we know that they're controlled via the banking cartels. And here we have this debacle going out globally, I may add, on CNN and around the world, because all the other countries can see this unbelievable nonsense that has become the United States politics, and here we find ourselves. All I can say is this, guys, get some storable, get some storable food. That's all I can say, because there's going to be a time. We now have had a big 9-11 outage this week. Remember, all of these calls run through Tel Aviv. Just thought I'd mention that since nobody else wants to talk about that. All of the main computer systems run through Tel Aviv, and people are going, wait a minute, Tel Aviv? Oh, yeah. I talked to Benjamin Netanyahu personally about this back in the 90s. And quite frankly, it's all being tested. Now, the Internet's losing service all over the world in segmented phases, as if they're turning it on and turning it off to test a kill switch. That's where we are right now as populations on this planet in varying countries. 
And quite frankly, they're ready to go for their new world order, their one world government. Get ready, guys. It's going to be a wild ride. What do you think, Oz? Yeah, um, I ended up, I watched the whole thing last night simply for the aspect that I was wanting to have a clear, open, unbiased aspect of what happened. I know the media, they've tried to go back and forth on it, but flat out, my personal opinion, it was an embarrassment last night. Like I said, Biden was definitely sharper than he normally is, but you could tell there was a few spots to where Trump asked him stuff, and it was real, real off-the-cuff random stuff, and Biden had absolutely no answer. And, he'd, uh, 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 and all of a sudden, he'd pop up with an answer. And I'm pretty confident that he definitely had some type of earpiece in. Regardless if he did, that doesn't matter. Um, the professional aspect, as far as the decor with both of them, was grossly unacceptable, to be in my opinion, for the presidency of the office, both of them. I mean, at one point, Biden's calling Trump a complete and total clown. Trump's basically calling it. It was just stupid. I honestly felt like I was watching a argument in like a middle school recess, just just bantering back and forth with no coherent reasons or aspects on anything. But all that aside, if you already saw it, I'm not going to keep repeating it because you guys already know. I mean, and then you had Wallace, the moderator, who's a complete and total joke. He kept throwing Biden these tiny little softballs to answer like he was already prepped for him. And then he'd give Trump these questions. And there was one segment, the entire show was a complete and total debacle. But one thing they did is they tried to set Trump up. And Trump didn't really take the bait, but they did this publicly on national television because they know what's about to happen in a couple months when American constitutionalists and patriots stand up. I'm going to tell you right now, and while you guys remember this, you saw it, but it was real quick. Dad mentioned a second ago with the Proud Boys. Wallace comes up and he says, You've repeatedly criticized the vice president for not calling out Antifa, but are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacist and militia groups that need to stand down and not add violence in a number of cities that we saw as in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin? First off, that is a unbelievably loaded question because you now just coupled white supremacists with militia groups, which are 100% constitutional if they are not breaking the law or not some type of hate group. So Wallace intentionally coupled white supremacists with militias on national television and asked Trump to condemn them. There's nothing to condemn about militia. United States militia is necessary for a free country. There's a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Using the word militia and white supremacy together in a phrase to ask a question to a president on national television is grossly unacceptable to me. He did this on purpose. And then Trump said, okay. Sure, I'm prepared to do that. I'm willing to look at anything as I want peace. And Wallace goes, then do it. Trump goes, what, who do you want me to call out? And Wallace goes, white supremacist, proud boys, right-wing militia. And then that's where Trump goes, proud boys, stand back, 
and stand by. But I'll tell you what, something's got to be done about Antifa because this is not a right-wing instigated problem. This is a serious left problem. Now, this is something that's going on because then Biden even comes in and says, Antifa is an idea. It's never been an organization, and your FBI director said that. That whole segment right there was probably one of the biggest propaganda pieces I heard the entire night. Because what it tried to do was it tried to make Trump look like he was a white supremacist sympathizer. At the same time, it coupled true constitutional militias that are here and necessary to protect this country if the military has to fall back and coupled them with white supremacy and then intentionally does not even go after Biden when Biden blatantly says Antifa is an idea, it's not even an organization. That last night was probably the most troubling thing that I heard and that's why I wanted to really address it this morning on the show to make everybody realize Here's what's getting geared up right now. As I told you, it doesn't matter if Trump gets elected. It doesn't matter if Biden gets elected. They already had the whole debacle about the votes, and Trump was going on this, and Biden was going on this about the ballots, the 80, 90, 100 million ballots that they're going to have to go through. And they blatantly even said last night, they said, Wallace goes, well, you have to understand, a lot of these ballots aren't even going to be counted until after the election. So it could be weeks upwards of a month before we even know who actually won the election. This is going to be probably one of the most convoluted elections we've ever seen as far as with ballot manipulation. They want to try, and this is what I think they're going to try to do. They're going to try to steal it for Biden. That's what I picked up on last night. When they try to blatantly steal it for Biden, it's going to be so overt, and it's going to be so egregious and in our face nobody's going to accept it as far as it has half a brain. Even if you're not a big Trump supporter, you're going to be like, dude, this is so blatant. But they're going to do it intentionally. This is what they always did in communist revolutions and takeovers. They would do stuff so blatantly and then say, you are the one who will not concede. You are the one who will not abide to a lawful victory. And you're going, dude, you brought in 50 million ballots out of the trunk of a, you know, out of 50 semi-trucks that didn't even exist. You're cheating. I'm not cheating. You cheated. You're just mad you lost. That's what I think is going to happen here. And the reason why they brought in right-wing militia intentionally into this debate, which right-wing militia have nothing to do with it, is they wanted to demonize what happened with Kyle Rittenhouse. They wanted to make people feel that you are a white supremacist if you even think about supporting, protecting your country, or being a law-abiding citizen in a militia. They did that all because they want the American populace that's in the patriot community to stand down as long as they can and allow this communist agenda to continue to overthrow. That's why, as Dad said earlier, I've been working on it, trying to get to everybody. I had great, great, great news. Yesterday, we finally got the organic food buckets in, got them all in, huge, huge order of them we've been waiting on. All the pre-orders are in the process of going out yesterday and today. I thank you for your patience. There was a lot of people waiting, and uh, we're getting them all out, though. Every single bucket will be fulfilled, and now we have them in stock, in the shop, ready to ship today or tomorrow, whenever you place your order. And so this will be very limited run again. We have you know as many as we can get from the company, and these are certified organic food buckets. 
Uh, very, very good if you're used to eating clean. But I encourage everybody, make sure you're getting prepped for what's about to happen. If that gave you a glimpse last night of what they're trying to prep the American populace for, it's one thing that I took away from it is chaos. It was complete and utter chaos. And that's what I personally think they're trying to get the American populace ready for and let them know, hey, this is what's about to happen. It's about to be a complete and total disaster in November. And there's probably going to be an insane amount of violence and anarchy that stems in a lot of these really, really liberal cities. And we already know this isn't something that's been, you know, <laughs> that hasn't been happening already. We already know that George Soros has been funding millions of dollars to these groups. We already know there's a coalition of over 30 left-wing groups that Soros has been hammering money to that they blatantly said, if Trump wins, it's because he cheated. If Biden wins and Trump doesn't concede, it's because Trump doesn't want to step down and we have to overthrow him. They've already set the gate. They've already lit the dynamite. They're already waiting for it to knock off. So get ready for this, because I encourage everybody, make sure you're staying healthy, keep exercising, keep your weapons dry and clean, make sure you're training with them, even if it's just dry fire training. Taking your AR, making sure it's unloaded multiple times, not having any live ammunition's vicinity, practice movement, practice drawing on a target, practice weapon sights, practice everything you can, even without ammunition. I used to do that all the time when I was younger. I used to practice mag reloads on an AR, drive mag reloads, just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I mean, I'd, I'd do it 100, 150, 200 times a night, you know, just practicing in front of the TV, you know, jump the mag, put a new mag in, you know, re-engage the site. The reason why you do that is it becomes something to where it's completely and totally autonomous. You don't even think about it. Your weapon goes down, you automatically reload. It's virtually within a second. And you don't have to think about it. It becomes a reflex. That's what you want a lot of stuff to become as far as in defensive manner. This is why the military trains for months and months and months on end, and they repeatedly beat that into your mind with different type of weapons tactics, especially if you go in with special forces and stuff. So understand what's happening right now. That whole thing was designed to be a clown show, except it was a way bigger clown show than I even anticipated it to be. But it was done like that intentionally. They gave softball questions to Biden. Wallace continually to banter with Trump while Trump argued with him. He continually interrupted him. Trump interrupted Biden. It, it, was, it was a circus show. It was a literal circus show. It was supposed to be like that because now there is so much chaos, again, over what just happened last night. They're going to continue to push the narrative of chaos and confusion. Why? Exactly what Dad says. The banker boys behind the scenes are extracting hundreds of billions of dollars out of the economy, getting gigantic swaths of free money through that horrible, horrible bill that Nancy Pelosi pushed through. Trillions. And his dad just said, these big companies, and that's one thing that Biden said last night. I could not argue with him on this. And he, he, he was geared up, even though he, he would have done the exact same thing. He already said he would have done the exact same thing. He probably would have given them even more money. But he can use it to blame shift on Trump. As he said, well, at the same time now, you've had companies like Amazon. He called them out. It's like Amazon, their net worth has increased by twice now, you know, from 100 to $200 billion, including all these other companies, because of the 
the money that was given out. Now, Biden tries to play that like that's Trump's fault and Trump's the one who intentionally instigated it. And Biden would have done the exact same thing because he's just another politician banker boy. But be aware of this and stay prepared. Make sure you have food on deck. Make sure you have water. Make sure you have defensive means because I'm pretty confident now in saying this. We're about to see some very, very interesting times over the next four to eight weeks, Ned. You know what was never emphasized last night was the true numbers of COVID. The true numbers. The, the, no, the, the fact that, oh, CDC that, no, numbers, nothing. No, no. They, they're not going to give that out because that stops the narrative. The narrative's a giant lie. COVID's the giant the disease that has killed hundreds of thousands of people. Lie. COVID is going to ransack the world. Yep. Lie. COVID is this. No, no, no. Everything was staged. That's why you, that's why, listen to me, everybody. I love you. Listen to me. Listen to me. This is so important. Trump is a circus clown figure. He's staged. He was put there. He's not an idiot. Now, don't get me wrong. He probably has decreased his brain development because of all the dope he smoked when he was young. But the reality is he's not an idiot. Okay, He's not a successful business guy either, but he's not an idiot. He knows the real CDC numbers. you got to be stupid living in a cave in Afghanistan with a doggone front with a boulder in the front so you can only get air and people slip your food through a crack not to know the CDC has told us the truth about the real numbers and 9,000 people have died from COVID alone. That's it. Not hundreds of thousands. They both, both Biden, well Biden probably know because he's senile. All they were doing was giving him the answers through his earpiece. But, but, but Trump knows this, but he never brought it up. Did you hear them talk about using D3? Iodine? Nope. C? Nope. No, you're not going to hear about any of that stuff. Zinc, why? Because they don't want that narrative out there. They want this BS, about to say a bad word, not going to do it, this, this, this bull slime narrative out there that basically here we are, we're at the end of this horrible time with COVID, and it's not even true. Everything about that, that's why I turned it off after five minutes. I couldn't take it anymore. And I commend you, Austin, for sitting through the whole thing. I couldn't do it. I, I knew that, you know, I would just read the summaries on it today, and I knew after five minutes how bad it was, but it was completely and totally staged to continue the narrative. Trump has destroyed, and I said this earlier, I'm going to say it again, hundreds of thousands of small businesses and given the market share to Amazon and other big companies. Trump did this at the behest and the beckoning and the direction of, because remember, he's controlled, the international banking cartels. They want to control everything. American Airlines now is coming out and borrowing billions and billions of more. Now they're having to guarantee stock and all this other kind of stuff to this group who's loaning the money, which would be the Treasury, which is owned by the controlled by the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. So now these groups are going to, again, take over the entire market share of American Airlines. That's what they always do. They do the same thing with General Motors. And so we have to understand who's playing this game. Yesterday, this Jezebel nightmare weirdo Helen Reddy died. Now, Austin doesn't even know who this woman is. You know, and you guys that are my age and you're 60s, you know who Helen Reddy was. She was a feminist icon of the 60s and 70s. You know, she had a, she was, she converted to Judaism, married this really, really strong Jewish promoter, director, you know, out at Hollywood in the, in the 60s. He became a, basically a cocaine addict, had, had to go through all kinds of rehab. Her whole life was a disaster. Now, I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. We first found out about Helen Reddy. Because she sang one of the songs, I Don't Know How to Love Him, from Jesus Christ Superstar. Now, this was a sacrilegious play that was done back in the 60s by Andrew Lloyd Webber, who also did Phantom of the Opera. Now, 
here's the thing, guys. You know, <laughs> Phantom of the Opera, it's all about the music of the night. It's about the music angel of the night. It's about Lucifer. That entire play is about Lucifer. And I first saw that many, many years ago. I wasn't aware of that, but that's what it's all about. Angel of the night. Oh, come on. These angels come to you and talk to you. Oh, come on. The whole thing is about Satan. And the last scene of that thing is so, it's so satanic. It's unbelievable. And see, Andrew Lloyd Webber, again, is being financed by the Rothschild banking cartel. Phantom of the Opera is like the longest running play ever in the history of Broadway. Now, mind you, some of the music is pretty catchy and it's actually quite good if you listen to it from a musical standpoint, but it's all sacrilegious promoting Lucifer. I mean, look at the lyrics from Jesus Christ Superstar that Helen Reddy read. This is, this is Mary Magdalene singing a song. This is a huge hit. I don't know how to love him. What to do now, how to move him. I've been changed, just really changed. I don't know how to take this. He's a man. He's just a man. And I've known so many men before. So she's sitting right there in this song and saying that Jesus Christ was not the Son of God, that Jesus Christ was just a man. And I remember when I was in band in high school, this song came out. Everybody was mad as H-E double sticks because of this sacrilegious nature of it. And again, it's very catchy music and it's very, very good music as far as from a theatrical standpoint, but it's absolutely sacrilegious. This shows the atavistic hatred of Jesus Christ that you have coming out of Hollywood, showing it back in the 60s. Helen Reddy being used as a feminist icon singing the song, I Am Woman. And a lot of things she says on I Am Woman are, are good affirmations for women, but it completely demeans men, and it makes women want to be independent and not have immunity with a husband or with a family, and it destroys a nuclear family. It's all put out there to do that. And then you got to go back to the song, Delta Dawn. You know, and people go, well, Delta Dawn, that was a really, really good song. Oh, it was, huh? Delta Dawn was a really good song. And again, it was a really big hit. Helen Reddy. Remember, she's already done Jesus Christ Superstar, written by the people who did Family Opera promoting Lucifer. All of these things, and all of a sudden Helen Reddy does Delta Dawn. Well, let's think about Delta Dawn for a second. She's already said that Jesus Christ was just a man. Not the Son of God is what she implied. And then she goes on to say, what's that flower you have on? Could it be a faded rose from days gone by? I mean, the gospel message is a faded rose from days gone by. Did I hear that he was, he was meeting you here today? Who would that be, Christ? And he's about to take you to his mansion in the sky, directly out of the Scripture New Testament. Take you out of them, take you to his mansion in the sky. And folks around town says she's crazy, looking for the mysterious dark-haired man. Are we talking about Jesus again? Unbelievable. Then they go on to say, would a man of low degree stood by her side, promised to take her for his bride, the bride of Christ? Are you kidding me? This is direct, total blasphemy. And yet, she died this weekend, you know unbelievable, horrible life, died with senile dementia, died, I guess it was yesterday. I mean, unbelievable. But yet, we sit back and we look at what we went through as children back in the 60s and the 70s with this music. Always remember something, guys, and this is what it really shows with Phantom of the Opera. Satan was the minister of music, a lot of people say, and the Bible refers to that, seems to infer that, in heaven. And he got cast down. He understands what music does to you, to your heart, and to your soul. When I read you the lyrics from Delta Dawn, many of you went back, right back, and you remembered that song. 
A lot, a lot of people like Austin are like, what's Dad talking about? Delta Dawn? All of this stuff was sacrilegious, especially Jesus Christ Superstar. I mean, it's unbelievable that we then Phantom of the Opera. All of this stuff promotes the Hollywood narrative, the Kabbalist narrative, the atavistic hatred of Jesus Christ, and that's what we saw in the debates. You know, nobody, Donald Trump, supposedly now in his private life, really doesn't have any respect for Christ, Christians. Supposedly says they're all a bunch of hustlers, especially the ones who meet with him in the Oval Office. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but I know this. He likes to screw porn stars. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty direct. What? How about that was a little R-rated snippet for today? Yeah, how about that? How about he likes to grab women by their blankety blanks? And he get that's on audio tape with Billy Bush. How about he basically is a failed business guy who has borrowed billions and billions and billions of dollars from the Rothschild banking cartel? Oh yeah, and let's not forget this little snippet. His daughter is a Kabbalist and worships Lucifer, the giant snake in a tree. Alone is Leviathan. Yeah, that, that's just that's just icing on that cake. So we've got to understand what, what we're dealing with here. This entire thing that we saw last night, the entire thing that we see from Hollywood, the entire thing that we see from this satanic-controlled music industry, with basically Taylor Swift and Miley Cyrus and all these different people doing all these weird things and stirring pots of broth and witchcraft things and music award ceremonies and Katy Perry and saying she's given her soul over to Lucifer. Don't lose perspective on who's doing this. That was a completely and totally orchestrated Kabbalist message last night of chaos and confusion of the United States of America. Showing our enemies and other people around the world what an unbelievable weak-willed country we've turned into that this is the best that we have. It's setting us up for the new world order. Well, the United States was once a wonderful, powerful country in the world. It's become a complete chaotic mess. It has no Lord leadership, no moral authority, no anything anymore. It's about to fall. Guys, they're setting us up for a Soviet, Russia, Rothschild, banker-led communist revolution takeover. It was so obvious last night. So, so obvious. And these people like Helen Reddy that are gone, that are dead. Yeah, again, I'm gonna say like I did with 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 with, uh, with Ruth Bader Gurn Ginsburg. Let's let's let's, let's look. maybe they're playing that song "Turn and Burn." I've had enough of these people, and I'm gonna call them out. Jesus Christ, superstar! What a sacrilegious mess, Delta Dawn! What a sacrilegious mess! What a wretched, wretched life she'd lived. And ding dong, another witch is gone. What do you think, Austin? Well, you just said it so succinctly with the debate. That's exactly what that was. All that was was to show the entire world what's happening in the United States and what's about to happen. It didn't matter. Biden, Trump, doesn't matter. You could have put Kim Kardashian and Kanye West up there, and you could have the exact same scenario play out if you wanted it to. It's these guys are they're there to do exactly what they did, and that's why I said at the beginning it was designed to create chaos and anarchy and as much disharmony and divisiveness as it possibly can in the country. And Dad called it out. Why in the world didn't Trump say, okay, whoa, 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 whoa Biden, well, you're running your mouth about COVID. Why did the CDC say that only 9,000 people have died from COVID 
the other people that have died that were listed on it had at least 2.6 other serious adverse health problems before they ever caught COVID. Why in that topic you brought up? Like you said, why in the world didn't he drop in a snippet about we've seen incredible research with vitamin D3 and vitamin C. We've seen that Dr. Micah Holick just put out a peer-reviewed journal showing the higher D3 levels you have in your blood, the less likely you are to catch COVID or have serious COVID symptoms. No, I'm that. That, that would have gotten a standing applause for me. That would have redeemed the whole thing if I would have heard something like that. That, that one little bit, I would have been like, okay, all right, all right. They're talking about a then they're in the, they're, 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 I'm not going to get into it anymore. You guys already know. This is what it was designed to do, is get everybody running around, acting like wild Indians, going, oh, my gosh, this is that. Did you see this? Did you see that? Did you see this? Did you see that? That's what the whole thing was designed to do. Interestingly enough, Elon Musk, I saw this yesterday, he's big, big globalist banker boy, big boy. It's all kinds of grants, bailouts all the time from the Fed. you know. But occasionally, he'll come out and say stuff that gets a lot of traction. And he said something yesterday that's actually gotten a huge, huge positive reaction from his following on Twitter. And it was interesting because I was reading through it. At first I was like, okay. He blatantly came out yesterday and said that he's not getting a vaccine and his family's not getting a vaccine because they're not at risk of COVID-19. And he said the whole thing is a no-win situation. The irrationality of people through this storm, basically until this storm passes, is ridiculous. He goes on to say that the lockdowns have been unethical under de facto house arrest. The one thing about him, he's definitely a globalist boy, but he also goes off on some tirades every now and then and kind of gives little snippets of truth. When he does stuff like that, I have to say, okay, I at least appreciate the fact that he has so many followers and a lot of people like what he says. The problem is, then he'll come out and say something completely erroneous and idiotic about being pro something or supporting something later on, and then you're like, oh gosh, you've contradicted yourself. But after what I saw last night, and I hope, I hope the vaccine uh, exposure and vaccine acceptance does not go up after last night because they pushed it super hard yesterday. Pharmaceutical vaccine manufacturers, they're trying to get that ready. That whole thing is going into place as quickly as it can. That's one of the reasons why they're trying to ensue so much chaos and as much division and as much anarchy that's going on right now and continually confuse people about what's happening while they bring in a Bolshevik Revolution-style communist overthrow of the United States, and then all of a sudden the vaccine's going to be this big savior from COVID. They've been working on that since the very beginning. You can see how they're getting ready to roll it out. And as we already know, it's never going to be what we're told it is because we lied to pretty much every single time we turn around. We're being, we're being lied to about something. And what's interesting, too, about it is I, I can't believe that the, they didn't even all, – all they did, even Trump talked about pro-mask, Biden pro-mask. I'm like – Guys, they've already come out with repeated research studies that masks don't work. 
We already know that. So the whole thing last night was one big, giant psychop again to try to confuse the American people. Well, they said this, and they didn't say this, they said this. You have to realize about 99% of what happened last night was complete and total planned chaos bullcrap is what it was. That's all it was last night. And it did exactly what they wanted it to do. The media is going crazy about it. You got pro-Biden, you got pro-Trump. There are people that were like super pro-Trump after the thing. Oh, you did a great job. Like, dude, what, 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 what debate did you watch last night? Like, I don't, I don't know what you saw, but that's the point. The people that were there, they solidified him with Trump. The people that were with Biden solidified him with Biden. And now you have all this new divisive conflict that can continue to keep bringing up over and over and over and over and over again. Guys, it's time to just open up the country. This whole COVID pandemic is a complete and total sham. That's why they tried to promote it. You could tell Biden had his talking points on point with it last night. That was one of the most aggressive things that he kept saying about COVID and people dying and wearing a mask. And it's going to save millions of lives. I mean, it was like he was doing a doggone pro-COVID, you know, safety commercial last night. You could tell. I mean, he was so poised up and geared for it. The reason why is because they've lost a lot of the narrative with COVID. Now, DeSantis is getting absolutely eviscerated still in the mainstream media because of him opening up Florida. There's people that are just absolutely irate with him. Why? Because he, he completely cracked the narrative in Florida. Florida just said, all right, guess what, guys? We're not going to participate anymore. We pretty much already realize now most people are going to catch it. If they've already caught it, then they've already gotten over it. Majority of people that have gotten it are asymptomatic or have mild symptoms. If you're really sick and you have a really, really bad health condition, then you need to take care of yourself and probably stay inside and make sure somebody's helping you out if you know you're 70, 80, 90 years old, multiple, multiple ailments. That's just a fact. The truth is, that's a fact on a regular basis. If you're 80 years old and you have COPD and diabetes and Crohn's disease and you're on 10 different medications, you have to be really careful what you get exposed to. A simple basic cold can put you on your back for weeks and turn into pneumonia. That's just, I mean, that's, that happens all the time. So DeSantis, again, one of the first people in the government that I've actually seen stand up for the people of this great state during this COVID, besides, you know, South Dakota governor and a few others like that who've really stood their ground on it. But again, guys, that's what we need to be discussing right now. Why do we have paid Antifa communists trying to overthrow the country? And why are we still shutting down the entire economy, fining people for wearing masks, not allowing businesses to be open, arresting people for basically refusing to put a mask on and leave a, a football game they're watching their daughter in, but yet we're sitting here debating about all these erroneous topics and arguing about them that, that mean absolutely nothing because nobody will answer them in the first place? That is the whole point, is confusion, chaos, divide, and conquer. So you've got to look through all the crap, look all through the smoke, and realize what's happening. The best option here, speak your mind, stand by your convictions with what you know and believe to be true, and just get prepped and ready and continue to stay in shape, stay mentally and physically and spiritually prepped, make sure you have your gear in place, Make sure you have some food and water, and when the time comes and the Patriot community needs to band together to stand our ground, we're going to have the ability to do so regardless of, you know, if Wallace wants to try to slam militias on national television, that's not going to stop me from protecting my family, friends, and country in this great nation, Dad.
uh, you know, it's awesome. You and you were outside working out. You know, they were some friends. I mean, they were outside with dumbbells and and walking with the dumbbells, doing walking lunges and and basically training outside in the heat. And uh, they convicted me because I need to be in better shape. You know, I'm 65 years old. And I'm in really good shape for a 65 year old. Better than most, to be honest with you, better than most 20 year olds. But I started working legs really heavy again this past week. Got real sore from it. And not doing heavy squats. I don't do squats. Squats are really bad for your legs. Back, bad, real, not bad for you. They're bad for your back and your knees. So don't do squats. But, but the reality is all kinds of other exercises you can do because I thought I've got to get in better shape because what the heck happens if I got to drag somebody away if they've been hurt? Can I do that at 65? Am I going to be an asset or am I going to be a problem? So I finally realized that I've got to get back in better shape. Now, you got to be careful at my age. You can't be going berserkoid and giving yourself a stroke or a heart attack, okay? I'm be really careful. But you can still train and work out and get in shape, and you can still practice. You can still practice reloading magazines. You can practice swapping out magazines. You can do all that kind of stuff. You think, well, Ted, you don't normally talk about this stuff. Yeah, I watched the debate last night. How about that? How about last night I had a reality check that I didn't want to have? How about that I knew it was going to be bad in October, November? I had no idea it was this level now. This is how controlled. Austin said something a few minutes ago. He said, "This is we could have had Kim Kardashian up on the doggone platform with Bruce Jenner last night, and it wouldn't have been any worse than it was. That's how bad it was, guys. You know, this is just a circus show. Clown shows all it is. It shows you just how controlled the narrative is and what's going on. Look at DeSantis now. DeSantis and Grady Judd are friends. You know, DeSantis has this big news conference down here, and he's announcing all of the stuff he's doing in the state. He does it here in Polk County with Grady Judd, our sheriff, where we live here, who's my friend who goes to church with us. I mean, all of these guys are starting to realize now that there's a bigger agenda going on. See, when the governor, Christy Nome, who'd be great for presidential candidate, by the way, and I would vote for her in New York second if she was on the ballot, she said, I'm not closing down South Dakota. Not going to do it. I trust the people of South Dakota to basically make sure they stay healthy and don't get around each other if they're sick. And South Dakota's done great through this entire quote-unquote coronavirus fake epidemic. Now, here's what's interesting about this. South Dakota is a tiny little state with a very small GDP. It doesn't mean a whole lot in the great scheme of things. And I love South Dakota. been there many times. Florida. <laughs> Florida. The GDP in Florida is massive. New York, Texas, California, Florida. Yeah, those are the biggies in this country. And all of a sudden, one of the biggie states decides to unlock and unmask and unfind and everything and break the narrative. That's why DeSantis is being hammered so hard in mainstream media. That's why many of the other mainstream media people hammered him. Now they're ignoring him. Now, Disney just laid off another 28,000 of their, I guess, mainly gay workers. They just did. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand that Disney's very pro-gay. I got that. That the, the, the bulk of their basically workforce is gay, and now they've laid out 28,000 on top of the tens of thousands they already laid off, and they haven't opened up any other theme parks besides the one here in Orlando, which is still pretty much empty because nobody wants to walk around with masks. The other day, when we were going to uh, Orlando, we had lunch at the Greek restaurant. I told you guys that. We called up Disney because you know we found out on Friday that DeSantis had lifted the mask order, right? And so I called up Disney and got them on the doggone telephone. Said to them, I said, hey, guys, you know, uh, what's going on with your mask ordinance over there? Oh, no, we're all still wearing masks. I said, are you aware that Governor DeSantis has said that we no longer need to wear masks and that we don't get be fined for masks not wearing and all the other things? Oh, yes, we're aware of that at Disney. Well, what's the policy? You have to wear a mask when you're at Disney World, to, to whenever you're in public. And I'm like, you have to wear a mask when you're at Disney World. Yes, 
Uh, all right. What happens? Are you going to throw us out if we don't wear a mask? If we're at Disney World? Yes, we will throw you out. That's what the guy said. There you go. Yep. Yes, we will throw you out. That's the narrative and how strongly they've drawn the line in the sand. Well, yes, well, I've got good news for Disney World. They don't have to throw me out. They don't have to throw out Austin. You know, I'm not going, though it would be a great time to go because there's nobody there because nobody wants to run around 100 degree temperatures with masks on. You know, but the whole reality is this. Disney's hemorrhaging cash. They're down 90% of their revenue stream, 90%. And another one that I can say is this. After that Fantasia thing, ding dong, the warlocks are gone. I've had enough of all of them, too. That Fantasia movie, one of the sickest things that I've ever seen that Disney would do back in the 30s. Unbelievable how horrible that thing. Big satanic thing. Big cabalist things all that was. And guys, here's the thing. you got to call these clowns out for who they are and what they do and how they act and what they say and all of the satanic, weird witchcraft stuff that Disney's been known to do and their transgender cartoon characters. Yeah, all that stuff now. It's going to try to confuse the young children. But that's enough of this negative stuff. Let's, let's, let's talk about something funny here. The longest alligator in history has been caught in Arkansas and killed. And uh, it was an alligator hunting group. And the, this, 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 took, 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 this thing dragged this boat around for two hours before they could finally get it taken care of. You think, well, why, why, would, they, why would they do this? Why would they go after this alligator? Well, this thing, was almost, this, is, this thing is 14 feet long, weighed 800 pounds. Okay, Breaking somewhat, now I'm saying somewhat of a state record. We've had them bigger than that. They just don't like talking about them. We've had them up to 18 and 19 feet here. Yeah. Now, this, this is an old animal. This thing's probably 80 years old. You think, well, why in the world would you go after an animal like this and kill it? Well, let me, let me give you some advice here, guys. You know, all of you who don't live in Florida, you know, we have to coexist with really large reptiles here. I mean, large reptiles. I mean, ridiculous things that like to eat you. And you think, well, why would you do that? Well, you know, I guess we've kind of chosen to come down here. Now, here's the thing. I believe that when you have a park like the Everglades National Park, that you shouldn't allow hunting in there. And they don't, except for the anacondas and the pythons and all the other 30-foot-long snakes that have been introduced into that area. But, but the reality is alligators are not going to go extinct. They're not going to go extinct. And we have a lot of people who live in Florida, who live on lakes, who live on rivers, who basically like to go swimming. And they don't want to be thinking about getting eaten by a, you know, a giant reptile while they're swimming, which happens down here on a more than every once in a while basis. Now, here's the problem. The reptiles, when they get that large, they have no, how should I say, predators. I mean, you know, a, you know, an eagle's not going to swoop down and pick up a 14-foot, 800-pound gator and take off with it and go eat it somewhere. They have no, they have no predators. So they just see everything as part of a food chain, including you and me. Now, should they, should they go into to, to these, these wild areas and, and kill these animals? No, I don't think so. I don't think that's necessary. But if they're on lakes that have people living on these lakes and swimming in these lakes and skiing in these lakes, it's probably better not to be in a lake that basically has a bunch of animals eating people. Just thought I'd mention that. In addition to that, I remember when we were young. We lived on a lake called Lake Mariana. It used to be called Lake Sanitary. Super clean water. I mean, incredible clean water. It used to be until all the houses built up around it and dumped all their sewage and everything else and their yard waste and all the atrazine and basagran and azulox and roundup into the water. And now the water's nasty, dirty. And the crazy thing about this was when I was little, we could go swimming in that lake and there were no alligators because they had been pretty much 
taken out by the people who had moved here a hundred years ago because they got tired of being concerned about being eaten. So there's a balance that has to be drawn with all of this stuff. A balance that has to be drawn. Now, another, another reptile story. A giant rattlesnake was hiding under a bed. Five-foot-long rattlesnake startled an Arizona couple. And basically, it was under the bed. And they, they brought a trapper in. They came and got the rattlesnake, and they took it out, and they released it. It wasn't hurt. Now, you think, well, why would they release a rattlesnake that had already discovered a way to get into somebody's house? Well, here's the other thing that I'm going to share with you. Now, some of you may like this. Some of you may not like this. I don't like pit vipers, period. Pit vipers bite people and kill people. And again, if they're out on a reserve somewhere, if they're out, you know, in the Badlands National Park or wherever they are, I could care less about rattlesnakes and they should be left alone. But if they're in a residential area in a home and they found a way to sneak in because it's nice and warm and they're hiding underneath the bed, what the heck are you doing releasing that animal when it could come back into the same area again? Yeah, that's right. They well, Ted, that sounds awful. Well, that's because you haven't been raised with pit vipers. You know, we have water moccasins. We have rattlesnakes. We have copperheads. We have coral snakes. We have all these different things here in Florida. And you learn really, really fast when you're a kid if you wish to stay alive. It's kind of like riding a motorcycle on the highway and learning how to stay alive on a motorcycle. You end up being a pretty good driver, pretty defensive driver if you don't die. Just thought I'd mention that. I remember one time we had a guy, yep. some, some, some dummy, and we lived on a lake. You know, we had a little fish camp. And uh, I remember the guy had to put his boat in. We didn't have a ramp. So he, he throws a piece of plywood down there and, you know, backs his truck out over it, pulls, pulls back out. He says, I'm going to leave the plywood here because I'm coming back later. Well, he never left it. He never picked up the plywood. Well, a couple of years later, the weeds had grown over the plywood, and it was a mess. And my mom said, you know, we need to clean the lakefront. And I'm like, oh, gosh. So I got down there. Now, mind you, I'd already been around these snakes long enough to know what they were. And here's the plywood. It's been down there for a year now. And I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. All covered in weeds. So i got to break the weeds loose. So I don't even so you know. But here's what you don't do. You don't walk over to the plywood and grip it by your hands and pick it up and fling it up and haul it off. Because it's going to have a bunch of snakes underneath it. It's the same thing with brush. If you leave it by the water, it's going to be full of snakes. Because the dehydrating, decaying vegetation puts off heat. And when it does that, the reptiles like that because it keeps their blood thinner. So they like that. So they like to hide in it, nurse in it, not nurse in it, but live in it, and just hang out in it. So it's so funny. Uh, so, I, we, I, so I grabbed this plywood with a shovel, and as soon as I flipped it, I ran away. And I, sure enough, underneath it was a moccasin nest, and there were like 40 or 50 moccasins that had curled themselves, little ones, that had curled themselves up into a ball. And so after I played slice and dice there, I basically uh, cleaned it all up and cleaned up the front and front of the, the lake. Here's the problem that we have down here is that you can get killed from this. Remember, Tom, Sharon, so funny, we first moved down here 37 years ago from Tallahassee. And I'll never forget this. We walked down, we were at my mom's house, and, and I told her we walked down to the lake, and I said, now be very, very careful because there's rattlesnakes and water moccasins here because, you know, it's really weedy down here. And she had been raised up north, and she really didn't know that. And I'll never forget this, Austin. She basically, she was walking down there with me one day, and I said, now, you see all these roots on the ground here from these oak trees where it's eroded, where the water's washed down to the lake over the years? I said, sometimes this may not be a root. It may be a snake. And I said, be careful not to step on it. It wasn't a month being down here, Austin. She ended up stepping on a big old water moccasin. And she was barefoot, and that thing moved underneath her foot. And I don't know who was more scared. She let off a scream, whether it was her or that water moccasin. 
and she pulled a Fred Flintstone. I, I didn't think it was physically possible. Had I not seen it, I would not believe it. She went straight up in the air and started treading air. I mean, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. And boy, she got, as soon as she got traction, she was gone. She's headed to the house. Watermock is headed to the water. Both of them terrified. It's a big boy, too. It's like a five foot one. He's a big old fat one. And uh, I ran up to the house real quick, came back down to the car, had my AMT 45 stainless steel hardballer with me. And Mr. Snake was already out in the lake. And Mr. Snake didn't make it very far until Mr. Snake was basically in two pieces. And that was the end of him. But the problem is, when you're living with pit vipers and you're living with rattle, you're living with alligators. You got to learn how not to die. That's just something that you got to understand. So I thought I'd mention that today when I saw this giant snake underneath the bed in Arizona. One more snake story, and I'll talk about some more stories. I'm sorry, guys. I had to do this because the thing last night was so negative to me that I couldn't keep you guys at that level. We had to do some snake stories today because I've got to, I've got to break the ice on this negative crap today. One more snake story. It was so funny. We went to the, uh, uh, it was up at Amelia Island one day, the last couple of years ago with the kids. And we had all these kids running around. They're all barefoot with us. And sure enough, there's another dog on rattlesnake laying across the sidewalk, right where the children are running. Right where the children are running. And so I went over there and I grabbed me a big old stick and I was going to beat this thing to death. And because I didn't want to have one of those kids get bitten. And about that time, one of the, rangers there at the park screams at me what are you doing with that stick and i said i'm killing the snake you kill that snake and you're gonna be arrested i'm like it's a doggone rattlesnake we don't care it's protected in here i said we got children with no shoes on i don't care and so he comes running over and i looked at him and i said dude you're loony i said this this thing will bite kids it'll kill a small child and he goes i don't care it's a snake we're protecting it and i'm like whatever bud i said i understand if we're out in the wilderness somewhere but this is like a fort you know we're here with a bunch of kids and families i don't care so he grabs a stick and he picks up the snake you know the stick and the snake's looking at him like what's wrong with you that's how the snake's thinking i'm like this is a pit viper and he gently walks about 10 feet from the sidewalk and lays it in some deep grass and nobody can see it now now it's buried in the deep grass and he goes that snake has more rice here than you do and i'm like Dude, I said, you're loony and you're an idiot. I said, you obviously haven't been raised in Florida. It's a pit viper. It needs to die if it's going to be around people. And he, and he I, I, it so helped me. I thought I was going to kiss the snake. It reminds me of that song of the snake, that, that poem that Trump read when he was talking about the snake, how the person took it in because it was cold and, and hungry. And finally the snake bit it in the head, but he bit, bit the person in the face and basically killed the person. Why? Because it's what snakes do. They bite people, especially the pit vipers. It's what giant 14, 15, 18, 19 foot alligators do that are a throwback from a T-Rex. It's what they do. They think you're part of the food chain. So when you live down here and you learn all of this stuff, you kind of learn to adapt very, very quickly or you become a victim, so to speak, or at least a meal. (laughs) What do you think, Austin? Well, there's, there's no question about it. I mean, there's... What's always funny to me, because you and I both share the exact same stance on reptiles, is you know I'm, I love going gator hunting. It's an absolute blast. I'm I'm actually looking at the head mount I have for my last gator hunt. It's eleven foot six, a little under four hundred pounds. Uh, violent monster, violent monster to get in the boat. Took me a while. Great hunt, good time. That's why I had to mount him. I, I had to give him 
that bit of respect to put him on my shelf over here because he was such a warrior gator. And generally, when they start getting 11, 12 feet long, I mean, they're pushing 70, 80 years old. The one they got in Arkansas, 14, honestly, he, he's probably pushing over 100 years old. That's a, you have to respect that type of a monster. Not because, oh, I want to go pet him and love him and kiss him because he's so cute, but you have to respect it. If you don't kill that animal, he will kill you, and he will do it very, very violently and very, very quickly. And there's nothing you're going to do about it if he gets a hold of you and starts death rolling you under the water. You're going to drown. You're going to be dismembered. You're going to get eaten, and then your body's going to get stuffed underneath a log, and he's going to let you soften up for a couple days, and he's going to take bites of you and he's going to eat you that's what they're going to do to you and so it's funny to me when you have some of these real far leftists with some of these animal rights people because we had stuff where i've gone hunting with buddies and they post up and we always get the death threats we always get the angry dms and messages about people can't believe you did that can't believe you're killing them and you know the response is i've always had have you ever been in the water with gators have you ever been around them before no i would i would never go swimming there's you know, that's, that's, that's their home. And I'm like, well, it's not their home. It's, you know, it's, it's a lake. It's everybody's home. I said, but the thing about it is, I don't know if there's a problem with three, four, five foot, six foot gators. It's been around before. They're honestly more scared of you than you are of them. They'll still creep you out. If you're in clear water and you're in the springs and you see them swimming, you're like, oh, that's five, six foot gator. But the majority of the time, they're not going to bother you. 13, 12, 11 foot gator. They'll bother you. They get hungry, they'll come after you. They'll eat cows, they'll eat deer, they'll eat dogs on a heartbeat. Seen numerous dogs just not make it in Florida. And so that's something people have to understand. Just be aware. If you come down here, always be prepared. Don't be walking out in murky water. You don't have to be any more than on the water's edge to get gripped and yoked into the water. Just go watch some of the National Geographics where you see some of the crocodiles over there in Africa. You know, a little unsuspecting zebra walks up to the water to get a cool drink of water and all of a sudden gets a face full of crocodile jaw and gets his head ripped in half and drug into the water. That happens that fast all the time. It's nature. It's not fair. There's nothing fair about nature. It's just who survives the longest. So understand that. And again, Please continue to get prepared and stay prepared, as I've said before. It doesn't matter if it's a gator. It doesn't matter if it's a snake. It doesn't matter if it's a violent Antifa member with a pistol and a skateboard. Things happen very, very quickly. And when they happen, you have to be ready to defend yourself and handle it. And the biggest thing, and this is why I've told everybody this multiple times before, having an understanding before you get into a situation is one of the most important things you can do. Knowing what possible scenarios and outcomes you're walking into are important. Like I said, you walk up to a murky water lake. Eh, you know what? There may be a gator in that water, you know, a foot underneath that water right there. I, I probably don't need to go wading around in this unless I know where I'm at and I know what I'm doing and I know what lake I'm in. Same thing with that. You start having people run down your street in the middle of the night with torches and Molotov cocktails and screaming and yelling and saying they're going to kill everybody, you pretty much need to know the couple scenarios that are going to play out if things start to escalate, and you need to know how to handle the situation if it comes to do so. The same thing that's going on right now with the issues in the Midwest over the last couple of years with the droughts and then basically the floods and the fires and the food production being 
push down more and more and more and more. We're going to have a food shortage. It's not a matter of if, it's when. If you know that that's going to be a problem, doesn't it seem prudent to make sure you have some backup food, whether it's food buckets, whether it's beans and rice, whether it's canned food, I don't care what it is. You have some food, or the highest quality food you can get for the most case. These are things you need to look at and address. Because a wise man sees calamity and prepares. This is one of the issues that's happened in the United States that has been so troubling to me, and I've talked about it before, is that the aspect of self-sufficiency doesn't exist in some cases. People do not think it's their responsibility to take care of themselves or protect themselves or eat clean or take care of their family. It's always somebody else's problem. It's always somebody else's responsibility. That's not the case, guys. It's your responsibility. It's our responsibility to protect a constitutional republic. That remembers what Benjamin Franklin said. He goes, you guys now have a constitutional republic. Let's see if you can keep it. That's where we're at right now. Let's see if you can keep it. Or if we're just going to stand idly by and be so scared and terrified of a flu-like virus that basically has a, you know, a .00003% survivability or a death rate. That's what they said in teenagers and young adults. Guys, wake up. Look at what's really going on right now. Continue to speak your mind and stand your ground and stand true to your convictions. Stay prepared. Stay ready. Continue to be awake and realize what's happening. I appreciate the support. Be sure to check out the website, healthmasters.com. The organic food bucket's on sale on the front page. Fully certified USDA organic. Be sure to check them out. And also, to the product of the week, the D3-10,000K2, which you guys have already learned how important K2 is. Be sure to check that out as well as you guys voted in it one product of the week. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. Thank you again for the support. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.